Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome to Unscrewed, the show that knows that real liberation includes sexual liberation. I'm your host, Jacqueline Friedman, and I want to welcome you to our very first spare part mini-sode. In between the regular episodes, we're going to be doing a shorter, more eclectic episode full of stuff that we couldn't quite fit into the main show. So, welcome. Um, and I want to start by... Uh, talking about the impending arrival of Valentine's Day. Valentine's Day is a weird day, huh? I feel like no matter where you're at in your romantic and sexual lives, Valentine's Day can be super stressful. So here's my advice to you. Try and disentangle how you feel about the day and what you want from the day from all the messages about that are telling you what you should want and what you should feel. I know that's easier said than done. And I'm certainly not saying that you shouldn't do anything until you're completely disentangled. Because honestly, it's a fool's errand to try and completely disentangle yourself from cultural influences, right? Like if we waited to do anything until we were free of cultural influences, we would never get out of bed in the morning. Um, But if you can take some agency in response to those cultural influences, right? So if you can start to recognize what those influences are in your life and decide what you want your relationship to be like to those influences, you can start moving toward a place that maybe is healthier for you. This does not mean you have to reject it all, right? Like, I have to tell you, true fact, I am a total romantic. I love roses. It's a total cliche. And I'm sure I was taught to love roses, right? Like, why would I love roses in particular? Um, But I do. And I like loving roses. right? And I like loving grand romantic gestures and small romantic gestures and all of that stuff. I'm a sap. But I don't think that is the only way to express love. What I try to do is I try to, you know, meet people where they're at, too. I guess what I'm saying is this. Let's all be in this together. Like, let's not treat Valentine's Day as a competition. Let's not try to measure up to some imaginary ideal. Because the other thing to know about Valentine's Day is everybody's, almost everyone's stressed out about it. So the idea that, like, everybody else is off having some perfect experience is almost surely mythological. I imagine very few people in your life, if any at all, are having lovely, perfect romantic Valentine's Days. So 
figure out what would be lovely for you. Do you want to reclaim it as a celebration of love in a broader way? Do you want to celebrate Valentine's Day, which was uh, invented by the TV show Parks and Recreation the day before Valentine's Day and really focus on celebrating your friendships with women? Maybe you want to celebrate your relationship with yourself and be your own Valentine and invent rituals to celebrate self-love. You know, you can decide what your relationship is to it. And then you can talk to the people who you might be with on Valentine's Day or want to be with on Valentine's Day about what you want and about what they want. And that, I think, is the best recipe for surviving. (laughs) Also, in the meantime, if you want to hear more of my thoughts about Valentine's Day and romance and navigating the two, I was a guest on the Point of Inquiry podcast, uh, Lindsay Beierstein. Uh, asked me to come on and talk for their Valentine's Day episode. And you can find that wherever fine podcasts are available. It's called Point of Inquiry. Uh, And if you want to talk with other listeners to this podcast about surviving Valentine's Day, just use the unscrewed hashtag on Twitter so that uh, we can have a conversation and support each other as the week progresses. Is uh, a little advice for a listener. Whenever we get advice questions on sex or sexuality related stuff from you, dear listener, Uh, I'm going to ask my guests for the main show to help answer them with me. So in this next segment, you'll be hearing from me and S. Bear Bergman, the writer behind the Ask Bear column at Ms. Magazine and an all around gender and sexuality expert. I believe I called him a gender and sexuality Swiss army knife when he and I talked about the politics of casual sex on our last episode for a good time. And we will be helping out a listener who had a question about sexual time management. Listener Kay writes, I'm a 25-year-old cishet pre-orgasmic female. I have been trying for many, many years to get off, but I barely ever even come close. I have a lovely sex-positive family, several expensive vibrators, an overactive fantasy life, no history of trauma or known medical issues, and a considerate and communicative regular sex partner. Obviously, I can't say for sure how much of this feeling comes from cultural expectations or something unrelated, but I feel like I go through my life with perpetual blue clit. Whenever I'm left to my own devices, and also often when I'm not, I find myself crippled with horniness and unable to concentrate on intensive work or hobby, which for a graduate student is a pretty big problem. I sink hours upon hours into thoughts of sex and stop not because I feel satisfied, because I have to do something like eat or go to class. Is there anything you can suggest to help me deal with sexual time management until I can figure out a way to schedule my horniness and or satisfy myself? Wow, this is a tough one, Bear. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of delighted with the phrase sexual time management, though. Yes, I love I love the frame of the question. And this person also seems to have kind of an awesome structure in her life, right? She's got supportive family and a great partner and Yeah. And it, I I'm having difficulty because there's a part of me, the sex educator part of me, that feels like I want to address myself to a question that this person has not asked. She seems to have is, very deliberately not asked it. Yes, and so I'm I'm not going to, but I also just sort of want to acknowledge like that I, too, am kind of caught up in this cultural place of, well, we can fix that. Like, you know, um, surely there must be things that you haven't tried, et cetera, et cetera. Um, My initial thought about this, I want to encourage this letter writer to consider making smut, you know, writing erotic stories or you know, making video porn, directing, conceiving of producing it. I feel like 
one of the outlets that I have historically found very satisfying for sexual energy that I can't discharge in other ways has been to write it down. Then it's out of my head and I can focus on the other things that I need to do. Having already spent 10 minutes when I knew I had 10 minutes considering whether, you know, do I mean hump or do I mean thrust or do I mean, right? Like, you know, really taking my time with all the verbs, et cetera, et cetera. But then it gives me a way to let it go. I had a really similar inclination, which is, can you devote time where the thing you are doing is experiencing this desire um, Mm -hmm. and expressing it? Um, even if it's not with this partner, I think the idea of making smut is genius, right? That if you can say for the next hour, the only thing I'm doing is being sexual or expressing what I want sexually or what I'm thinking about, fantasizing about sexually and not and like when th- when you make that your purpose, mm-hmm. then then you can be done at the end of it and have time when that's not your purpose, right? Instead of I, what I, my guess is that you're spending a lot of time fantasizing about sex but also with half your brain thinking I shouldn't be thinking about this or I wish I wasn't thinking about this and I love the idea of expressing it somehow you know even if it's writing's not your bag uh you know talk about it into a voice recorder or uh paint it or you know film it exactly comics right you know record it and then release it as a podcast whatever your creative outlet is absolutely express it and and dedicate time to that so that when you're not doing that you know like oh i'm doing my homework now but i know that there will be time for this later and i think i also assign some value to the creation of a cultural product that makes me feel like perhaps this letter writer will feel like it's less quote wasted time which listen i'm not on board you know i think taking time to enjoy your sexual fantasies is important self-care and is great for humans in a lot of ways. But I think there's also something about making something that offers a natural container. You start it, you make the thing, and then you have completed a piece of work. And so there is a sense of having kind of done that thing. It's a different kind of completion, yeah. On the flip side, the other thought I had was, can you bring your horniness to the other things you're doing? I don't mean like, go fuck your professor. Um, I mean, can you use the energy of that and like direct it? Can you get horny for your homework? Um, Maybe this is a little metaphysical. I don't know who you are, Kay. But like, you know, if you have to go grocery shopping, can you go and like, let it be a super sensual experience. Here's what I'm thinking. I went to grad school for poetry uh, and I would have a poem due for workshop and I would be like, ah, I have a poem due and I'm freaking out because I'm in a foul mood and I don't want to write. And I saw those things in opposition. And then finally, somebody said to me, like, couldn't you just write your from your foul mood? Now, I know that is way easier to do when you're studying poetry than most other endeavors. So um, true. <laughs> most other endeavors. But like, is there a way to just be in the mood you're in and feel the feelings that you're feeling and still do the things that you need to get done? Just 
bring yourself and yourself includes that unsated sexual desire. And on that note, I would say um, if that's a thing that you want to um, that you want to engage with Kay, check out the work of Annie Sprinkle and uh, her partner, Beth Stevens, who have this eco-sexual thing going on. And they have found all of these very interesting ways to combine the erotic with the day-to-day. But uh, that's a really interesting idea that I completely hadn't considered. Get horny for your homework. That's great. The other thing I was going to say, Kay, about your question is that I really want to encourage you to feel like time spent on your own sexuality on your own sexual fantasies and things like that is like that's a very valid way to spend time and even though you're sort of asking how do I participate in sexual time management and you know one of my pieces of advice is make it into something I also just I feel like it's really worth saying very explicitly but also don't let yourself get told that there's a certain amount of time that's okay and after that it's too much or that there's some universal standard particularly for a young woman um, that is an okay amount of thinking about sex and that more thinking about sex means something about you amen well thank you bear thanks for helping out Kay. um and Dear listeners, if you have an advice question you want to have answered by myself and a future guest, send it to me at unscrewed at JacquelineFriedman.com. That's J-A-C-L-Y-N-F-R-I-E-D-M-A-N.com. You can send me an email that will read or you could record your own audio on your phone or however you want to record an audio file and just email it to me so we can use your own voice on the show if you'd like. All right, up next, my next spare part is my little Valentine for you, an outtake from last week's show that we couldn't find time to put on the the main podcast, but I enjoyed too much to keep from you. As Bear Bergen and I were talking about uh, my book, uh, What You Really, Really Want, and we got into a little conversation about which Spice Girl we would be. I would almost certainly be scary, Spice, wouldn't I? It's really about how you identify. I think I would be scary, Spice. Um, why? Why? Because I get told that not infrequently, like that I'm scary. And I think that has to do with being a woman with opinions and a dearth of shame. Mm. Um, so I would be scary spice. Which spice girl would you be? Probably also scary spice for some of the same reasons, even though I'm uncomfortable with the fact that, you know, the one woman of color in the group is the scary one. Yeah, no, of course. All of yes. that, like, savagery imagery and all that stuff that comes along with it. I mean, I'm I'm not sporty spice, clearly. That's really more my husband. Is there a, is there a let's have brunch and see a musical spice? Maybe I'm uh, spice and I just don't know. Oh, God. Maybe you're Posh Spice and I'm Scary Spice and we could have we could have brunch together. Perfect. So there you have it. Uh, Posh and Scary Spice are going to have brunch together. Uh, If you want to let us know which Spice Girl you would be and why, just use the unscrewed hashtag on Twitter. We'd love to chat with you there. And if you want to give me a Valentine, just rate or review the show on iTunes or Acast or Stitcher, wherever you listen to this podcast. Uh, Your ratings and reviews on those platforms helps uh, bump us up in the rankings and that helps other folks discover the show. So that would make my heart feel very, very happy for this Valentine's week. 
Um, that's all we have time for on this first Spare Parts episode. I hope you enjoyed it. This podcast is produced in collaboration with the excellent Katie Tandy, creative director at The Establishment. Uh, Nicole Dodonna did the wonderful show art uh, for the show, which some of you uh, talked about last week, and I agree. I love it. Uh, and the in-out music, which you are probably listening to right now, is by The Pink Tiles. Until next week, I'm wishing you safe and happy sex lives. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 